All right, welcome everybody to our latest Between the Races podcast on the MX Vice Network. Thank you to everyone for listening and supporting the site. We really appreciate it. We'd firstly like to thank our sponsors in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Box, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, ASC Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, and obviously even Strokes for all their incredible support. As without them, none of this would be possible. All right, with this episode, we've got an awesome one coming up with special guest, MXGP, KTM Cossack, young star Max Spees. Thanks for joining us, mate. And how's life? Uh, fresh off your best result of the season in Latvia. Thank you very much. Hello, everyone. <laughs> yeah, it's good to have you on, mate. And um, you obviously, you went 16-12 for 12th overall. Um, pretty brutal track, uh, sort of mixed conditions, wet, dry. It was obviously sandy on the top and certain sections hard in other ones. It looked like a real challenge, mate, and you did well. So you came away from the weekend happy, and how did you like the track and the racing? Yeah, it was pretty difficult. I mean, like, uh, in qualifying race, I was struggling a little bit with my flow and arm pump. So uh, I was dropping back, like, from position uh, 17 to to uh, 18, but then uh, I was able to – or 19, actually – and uh, then I was able to push again to uh, position 18. Oh, no, 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 no. Actually, in the beginning of the race, I pushed to 16 or 15 to position. But then I got passed, like, from Jacoby, uh, my teammate, Tom, yeah. and another guy because I was stuck behind someone. And, uh, yeah, then I was able to get another position. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, with one lap to go, I crashed. And, yeah. Drop back to 21 and finish also in 21. That was not so nice qualifying race, but uh, Sunday was looking a lot better for me. Like first moto, I was able to push into 14th position. And uh, also there, I was having some issues again with uh, with the flow. <laughs> but yeah, it was, was still okay. Like Tom and uh, Henry passed me again. <laughs> Before uh, before I passed Tom and yeah after like the half of the race uh, he passed me back and uh, yeah I finished 16 in the end that was that was okay result and I was in the last couple of laps like five minutes plus two laps I was just uh, cruising to keep some uh, energy for the for the last moto and uh, I think it was a good a good idea I had <laughs> yeah because yeah the last one was tough it was tough <laughs> in the rain and uh the conditions was yeah quite deep and sketchy like you had deep ruts in the takeoffs with some bumps inside and many many riders struggled and also crashed luckily i stay on the bike and uh yeah after like always i had trouble in the starts with yeah. start crash that was quite gnarly there yeah. uh I was pushing to 12th position and uh, I was keep fighting till the last laps. And I also uh, was able to keep up with Mitch Evans. Yep. That was, it was good, good for me. And uh, I tried to pass him like two laps to go, <laughs> but then, then my mind set in again and it just told me like, okay, take the 12th position. It's, it's good. Just leave it there. And, uh, yeah, 12 overall in the end. It was amazing for me. Yeah, mate, congrats. It was a it looked like such a hard track. And how difficult was the was the conditions um in that second one with the rain kicking in? Um, did you have any issues with the goggles or the vision? Um just just how difficult was it for you compared to the rest of the weekend? Yeah, I'm normally not the rider for the mud, and uh I was lucky that I prepared my goggles really, really good. <laughs> So shout out to Scott Motorsport yeah. <laughs> for the best roll-off in the game. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I had no issues with the goggles, actually. It was was working very great. And uh, yeah, um, the only thing what uh, was very sketchy was to keep the focus, like 30 minutes plus two laps and only ruts and slippery conditions. I mean, the track was getting better in the end was getting a little bit drier in the main lines but uh yeah the main lines also got deeper so you can see how you want but <laughs> it was very sketchy and uh i was wondering i didn't have any arm pump in that moto 
So yeah. I wasn't I wasn't riding hundred percent maybe, <laughs> but I, I stayed on the bike. That's a good thing. And uh, yeah, I was also I was also able like two years ago. I won my first mud race in the ADAC, and this one was also it was um, loamy soil, and uh, it was really really slippery. And I was on the two stroke, and I won it against I think Maxim Grau who was second. Yeah. So we had some re really really good EMX and MX two guys in there, and also this race I remember like it was yesterday. Yeah. No, it was a good good weekend, mate. Watching on on the TV here, it came up really well. It just looked so tough for you guys. But um, what what was the sort of? Did you have any issues with the bike setup um over the weekend, or you were pretty happy with how how it's set up and how good have the team been for you, mate? They seem to you know give you a lot of support, and obviously you're grateful for that. Yeah, we have we have a great suspension guy from or OS suspension. Um, he's always working together with us and uh, at every race. So yeah. The track was different like it was in the past because you had really hot bumps underneath. So normally I was I was like setting up for uh, Kegums on a track that was very sandy. But this time I was like riding, yeah, mixed tracks that are quite hot. And this was also a good decision because, yeah, the track was very hot underneath. Like especially on Saturday, we, we doesn't have so many ruts. Uh, you always was, you always needed to take the outside line that was a little bit softer, and on the inside, yeah, it was just half packed and slippery. So, for the four fifty, it wasn't it wasn't so easy to handle. So on the two fifty, I would have been a little bit yeah easier on that track, but yeah, we needed to fix the suspension a little bit, so get it a little bit faster, like more a hot pack setting and for sunday it was a little different again that was was better for me also because the track was getting softer they water it more and they rip it more and also the rain helps a little bit but yeah then we was uh, able to get a little bit more of the sand setting inside again so yeah that's that's what i like more when you have a lot of grip or like not so slippery sections where you need to control the bike and you, yeah. can, you just can go wide open. That's that's better for 450. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, mate. It was, must have been a good confidence um, booster and a good builder ahead of your home GP this weekend. Um, you, you, do you like the track usually and how excited are you? And have you got some special gear lined up from shop, mate? Is that is that happening? Yeah, it's happening. We have we have some special gear for this weekend. <laughs> awesome. That's that's quite amazing. Everything is special. I mean, it's the only GP we have in Germany. I'm I'm normally living away from another GP track that we had in the past, like exactly ten years ago. It was called the uh, Lausitzring, like on the on the street racing track, and yeah, they was shaping it up for only one GP. And uh, we still have a practice track there, but I don't know why, but they're not doing another GP. That's pretty sad for me because, yeah, it's only 10 minutes away. Yeah. But also Teutschental is only like almost two hours away from me. So it's 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 feeling like home. And basically, you know, the crowd, they are coming from all over Germany and also from my village where I'm living inside. Uh, it's an amazing feeling to race in front of them but also it's a lot of pressure but with the result i had last weekend i'm also more confident than than before um also the track you know everyone knows Teutschental. it's very deep ruts and sketchy bombs uh, we had many crashes there in the past it's also not so easy to pass because yeah. you have a one main line and the other line you take, you don't know where it ends or how deep does it get. I also remember in the EMX 250, it was like one of my first EMX 250 races in uh, 2019. So only four years in the past, uh, I was stuck in a rut. <laughs> <laughs> I, ju I just I just rode inside and I was stuck in a rut and both of my packs 
where where you know on the dirt and my wheels went went up and no traction. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It looks great. like a That's difficult great. track. Um yeah, it gets pretty pretty technical and you know it makes you really makes you guys work really hard and uh, there's been some great races over the years. Obviously, that Hurlings and Prado battle uh, from 2021 yeah. was pretty awesome. Um, what what are you sort of aiming for the big the weekend, crash. Mate? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, massive crash. What are you what are you sort of yeah. aiming for the weekend? It'd be awesome to crack that top ten, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty it's pretty cool, and uh, I would like to do a top ten also, but you know. It's it's hard to do it in front of your home crowd because yeah. you're always nervous to ride there and you you want to you want to give you the best you can and also do the best result, but that's a problem most of the times that you do mistakes. And yeah, the thing is for this weekend, I I just wanna do points and and like at every race I just wanna do points and see how far to the front I can get. And if it's a top 10, it's, yeah, it's feeling like a win already for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think also for the fans, it's going to feel like like I won. <laughs> oh, absolutely, mate. And do you reckon the fans will probably be all about you? Because obviously Simon Langenfeld is out injured. Um, so there's obviously a yeah. few good German riders, which we're going to talk about later. But um, the fans will be all there for you, mate. So do you feel much pressure and sort of weight of expectation or anything like that? Or are you just focused on the on the racing? Yeah, I mean, I really enjoy uh, seeing the the home crowd and also in the camping area. I was like, in the last couple of years, always before the race, I go there and all the fans was like freaking out and get me into another tent and everyone's <laughs> there and you know shouting and with the with the chainsaws yeah. and the small mopeds. It's. Uh... <laughs> it's very wild and yeah so i'm just enjoying the 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 weekend and try to doesn't feel the pressure so i focus to have a good vibe and having fun so we will see we will see how how far i can get it with having fun but in the end in the end it's racing you know no, it's the sea. I think it'll be a good one for you, mate. And and just in general, the season so far. Obviously, you're so young, stepping up to MXGP. Um, you had a great chat to James in Spain. That you're only what 19. You're sort of 192 centimeters tall, 90 kilos. So you're a massive unit. And um, just just <laughs> yeah. in general, how have you found the step up to the bigger bike? Because obviously, it probably suits your your frame and and just the season in general. Because it's been pretty impressive. Because you're so young and you know just getting new to the class. Because it's just a stacked field, isn't it? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's it's hurting a little bit to see all the other guys in my age riding the MX2 class and like going on the podium or like getting top five. And this was normally my plan. And also on the MX2 bike, I was very fast, but I had many issues with it. Like, especially the starts was a big problem for me. And uh, on the track, no, when it doesn't have a good start, especially like MX2 or EMX250, you cannot go on the podium or like top five. In the EMX250, I was able to get that top five, but I never had a podium on EMX250. That's that's sad, but I had the speed. Everyone knows this, and this is what I what I have to build on, you know. Like I have a I have a good name in the paddock, like many people know me, but I think on the whole world, um, I'm more like the underground guy, like quite young, but getting better and better as big as the bike gets. <laughs> yeah, I think in the long run, in the future, it'll obviously serve you well moving up so early, get all that extra experience. And, and by the time, yeah. you know, in a couple of years, instead of still being in MX2, you should be, you know, really well developed and used to that 450 and used to the class because it's so competitive, mate, of, what are the sort of key things you've been learn learning racing against these guys like Hurlings, Fevre, Prado, Koldanov, Siwa, yeah. Evans? You know, there's just so many heavy hitters. Guadagnini there, Parato, Valandrin. Like you see, your list is about 10 yeah. guys there. It's so hard to get a top 10. So to get 12 on the weekend, mate, it's, it's impressive. And sort of what are the key things you're learning and, and taking away as the season goes? 
Yeah, I mean, like, Abi Furato and Mattia Gurani, I, I know these guys quite good because we were teammates in the past. And uh, I wasn't so far away, actually, on the 250 bike. But, yeah, they was older. And um, they moved up a little bit earlier and had, like, better uh, better contracts, maybe, or, like, better, better positions to, to get better also and uh, move up quickly on the on the list but yeah i mean sometimes it's not easy to see like hurlings finishing in front of you like one and a half minute or sometimes you know he come and let me when i have a bad race and this is not easy to take really but i can remember of times where like 2019 i was getting lapped in the mx250 and having like only two points in the championship in the whole season. And the next year I was able to ride on the podium. <laughs> yeah. That was that was such a big step, you know, already. And I'm a guy who always did big steps like out of nowhere. Um so this year is just a learning year for me and my goal was to do some points. But it's looking quite good, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's looking good, mate. And obviously you've had a few a few nasty crashes, which is which has sort of hindered you a yeah. little bit. But I'm glad you're glad you're still healthy, mate, because that one in Spain was was really big, wasn't it? And just it's going to be so important just to do all the rounds and and get that experience because you know talking to a lot of guys, this sport's brutal, and you know it's no good being injured. So if you can even get the maybe the finishes that you don't like, it's better to be out there than to be on the sidelines. So um, yeah, just your talk, your talk on the injuries in that Spain one, and then you ate, you raced the ADAC that weekend, did, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, it was it was crazy. Um, I mean, like Spain, this crash took me down for a couple of days, and I wasn't really knowing till Thursday before the next ADAC race if I can ride or not, and I just jumped on my old two fifty from last year and rode over. Uh, my backyard and try to hit the rear brake. Yeah. And the, and the first thing was try to get into the boot and then yeah. try to hit the yeah. rear brake. <laughs> so if not, if I were not able to be trying the, uh, to hit the rear brake, I would also race. That was my plan because I used the train without the rear brake. And I was also riding in sand two seconds faster without the rear brake. <laughs> oh wow! So, so this was, yeah, a fast decision for me. And I raced the Adak, and I finished fourth this weekend, and was able to like having some time with uh, Nagel, Jacoby, Starry out in front. So there was there was a strong weekend after that heavy crash in spain yeah mate it was it was it looked nasty from what from all reports james interviewed you afterwards and yeah it's incredible mate you're you're a tough bloke to to get back out there and start racing and just obviously we've got a lot of american listeners and you know listeners from australia all over the world um just tell us a little bit about your story to you know growing up with motocross and and how you got to this point because it's a pretty cool one sort of listening to what you say and in, in the past and and just hearing about your pathway to get to get here now. So, do you want to just sort of give a give an overview of your career so far, mate? Yeah. Um, where should I start? It all starts normally with my dad. He was um, not a not the real really, really good motocross racer. He was like a regional racer, and uh, but he was good in supermoto. He was uh, in the German Husqvarna team. Also with uh, Eddie Sale, who is now the uh, at Dunlop, changing tires, and is like one of the coordinator for Dunlop, I think. Cool. <laughs> so back then he was he was with Husqvarna, and he was also doing good in European Championship. He was like second, I think. And yeah, he also had some injuries. That's uh, why he stopped then and. Uh, a year later, I was jumping in this in his world, and yeah, then it took like three and a half years until I jumped first time on the bike, and uh, yeah, from on there, I I never quit, you know. Like first race I had with six years in the regional champs, so 
everything there was like like a normal hobby for me and till i was like 11 years old 11 years old i was jumping the first time into the adac championship in the 85 class and you know the adac championship back then it was like it was like european championship like all the all the fast guys like rick elzinger um, rival dankers was was in there back in the time many many good people also like jet lawrence come from there um Everett, Facetti, so many people was racing it and yeah so i was in there and this was like my first international race and i was getting close to the top 10 <laughs> there was there was a point where my dad was like okay we can we can do something out of this and a year later i was racing with Renny hofer for for the podium and i was always like in the qualifying fighting with him for who is first who get the pole position and yeah i was 12 years old in 2016 winning the german a5 championship and got like sixth or seventh position in the adac because i had an injury and yeah this was this was also a year where I was way too tall for the for the 85 bike. I had 65 kilograms on the 85. <laughs> yeah, this this weight some people have in the in the MXGP class right now. Yeah. So <laughs> and I was 12 years old. So I moved up to uh, one to five class. I actually started training one to five with 11 years, <laughs> and yeah, with 13. I was racing the Youngster Cup, but I normally was able to race with 14 years, but the German Federation was getting me, yeah, like a permission that I can race with 13 years already. And yeah, I was qualifying. It was like, was okay for me. I never did a point, but I qualified. It was a goal. And we had like 70, 80 riders to qualify. <laughs> So it was, was a big field of riders. And yeah, then in the end of the of 2017, I was doing my first EMX 1 to 5 races. And first race, I didn't qualify. It wasn't normal. <laughs> I, was, I was so frustrated about not qualifying. And I was also so nervous because we go out for qualifying at 7.30 in the morning. And it was raining. And the track was so flat. And then we had the last chance, I think, like, one or two, 2 p.m., I think. And, yeah, I was in the top 10. And then I needed to change goggle. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, going, I was going in the pit lane. And only 10 people go, go in the main, you know. Yeah. And it was a big mistake. <laughs> that was <laughs> a big mistake. But the next race is in Frauenfeld in Switzerland. And Udevala, I qualified. And yeah, this in this season I also got uh, second in the in the German one to five championship. In my first season with thirteen years old, that was very very good. Mm. And yeah. the next season, I was just losing the the German championship in the last race because yeah, I had injury injury in the first race, and I only had two or three points to the championship leader going into the last race. And yeah, I had, I had a bad race this weekend. So I only got second <laughs> and EMX one to five, EMX one to five in 2018 was also not running that great. I was in the European championship, always having mental problems. Like, you know, I think every young racer have, or many young racers have this, they always look up to the to the big teams at MXGP and uh, all the all the favorite riders or riders where everyone says like, oh, damn, they are so good, they are so fast. And back then I was not I was not having really Instagram account and I had like maybe five hundred followers or, or something like this, and so I was not so confident about myself, like trusting in me, what I can, what I can do. Um, so I never grab a point, a point in this year. Never. I was, I was just 14 years old. Yeah. And was still very young. 
racing against people that was 17 already. Uh, but the same people that was staying on podium in the MX 125, they also raced uh, the ADAC uh, Junior Cup 125, what have what have had the first season there. It was founded in 2018. So, and I was racing there and I, I beat them. I beat them in the attack. The same people that was racing, racing EMX 1 to 5 and get on the podium. Yeah. <laughs> so, at the national races, I was able to do it. I was confident enough, but not in the EMX. And this was kind of the same problem I had in 2019 as well, like jumping already on the 250 with 15 years. And I was still privateer racer, still like traveling with my parents from race to race. And the first quite well, the first big race we had was in Germany also in the in the Adak Championship. And there was like 10 MX2 World Championship riders at that race uh, or the, in the championship. And some good EMX guys like Rennie Hofer was one EMX guy back then and he was winning the race and I was getting third. <laughs> I was getting third with the, was my first international podium in the, in the, in the big class and on well, the 250 class. And uh, yeah, this was, this was getting a hype, you know, like I was racing a 252 stroke <laughs> and nobody else did. And I was jumping on the podium <laughs> and at my home race also at my home race. This was crazy. Like the fans was freaking out and I was freaking out. <laughs> my dad cried. <laughs> so this was one of my first races where we say like, okay, he can do something in the, in the, in the future, like getting one of the next big guys in Germany. And as long as uh, or the season goes ahead and I got only two points in the MX250 because I had the same issue with my mental um, mental stuff. And also in the Youngster Cup, I had some ups and downs. It was like getting nines. And at the other race, I was racing with broken wrist and I was in third position, like uh, Hofer leading. Um, Sudo was second, me and third, both dumb, was behind me. Many other great guys, great riders from MX2 or MX250. And yeah, this was, wasn't was a really great season I had there. I didn't grab any, any good championship position in this year. But in the end of the season, I signed the, my first pro contract with, uh, uh, not Fandic, with Husqvarna. Uh, junior factory team Mari for 2020 and yeah this was the year where I, where I got teammate with Gudagnini and Furato and this also gave me some confidence uh, because I, I always wanted to be in one of the big teams and like having great teammates uh, that were already on podium or, or stuff like that and yeah and then I started to get pro. <laughs> yeah. And this year I I won the Adak uh, Youngster Cup. And I was racing for a podium in the MX250. Unfortunately, I never got a podium. But in qualifying, I was like top five. And, you know, there was guys inside with Benestan, Guragnini, uh, Fascetti. Uh, who else was there? I didn't remember so well, but. I was many good people inside in the championship and and yeah, I was getting 13th overall in the championship, but I lost three races. Three races because one race was um, over or crossing over with uh, the ADAC and uh, because it was Corona year, that was yeah not an easy one. And then I was injured for another two races like the first race before corona and vikingsford i was injured and somewhere else mantua i think mantua i had uh, zero points because i was knocked out <laughs> but yeah this was 
this was the first season that was very great and I was showing a lot of speed and people get to know me like who I am and the season later I was Fantec factory rider for muddy racing also I turned European champion in mixed two stroke I was racing the other again and I was leading the races till uh, the last one where I had issues with the bike and I lost the championship and I got second, what was still great. But yeah. And the MX250 also. Um, I was getting 10 or 11 in that year because also at one race I got disqualified. It was us because someone said I, I was jumping at the red crust flag, yeah. <laughs> medical flag, and qualifying, but I didn't. So yeah. I don't want to talk about this, but yeah, <laughs> this is a long story, but yeah. yeah, I turned European champion. I had many great results in the EMX and uh, in the ADAC. And yeah, after that, 2022, I moved away from Fantic. I uh, broke up the contract. Normally I had a two-year contract because normally I wanted to race MX2 World Championship. And Fantic wasn't ready for this. They doesn't have the ready 254 stroke, only the 450. And this time we was like, no, the 450 class is a little bit too early for me. So we do another year in the 250. And it was very late, you know, it was in December where I took the decision and I was going to KDM. They, uh, yeah, give me a contract and I was racing for a new team in Germany that is like not a privateer team, but it was okay. Um, but yeah, also last year wasn't wasn't the best season in the end, but I had very, very good races, like racing against Gillen Fares, uh, Kent McLellan, many other guys in the ADAC. Yeah. And I was winning, I was winning a lot of races in the ADAC, but Unfortunately, I had issues with the bike. I had crashes, and that's why I lost. Why I lost also the championship, and I uh, I wasn't so such a great starter last season on a two fifty. You know, because of my yeah. weight with ninety kilograms, it wasn't so good anymore. <laughs> and that's why we took the decision to race the four fifty this year. And yeah. The MX250 last year was also was it was good, it was good, but I wasn't getting a podium that was disappointing for me. And I raced the MX2 also. I got I got some points, like like six points was the best result I had in a race, but also because of the starts and yeah, a little bit mental mental. Uh, things going on in my head but in the end i had good qualifyings i was 11 and 11 in rocket so i had the speed i was i was able to go top 10 but it never happened it never happened but now we are in the 450 class and i'm showing i'm showing good stuff i think <laughs> yeah mate it's, a, it's an impressive story and just like there's so much ups and downs for a motocross rider and you know you must have so much respect for your family for helping you through all that. Cause it's, it's not easy because, you know, one weekend's on top of the world next weekend's, you know, on the floor. So it's pretty impressive, mate. And it's good that you sort of, you know, back yourself and trust yourself to move up to the 450. Cause you know, all those classes, AMX, MX2, there's so many fast guys in them. They're not like second classes. They're, they're absolutely legitimate. Like there's just, like you see those three, yeah. three, you know, three guys, 17 and under in the top 10 in, um, MX2 at France just a couple of weeks ago and with with Rossi and Zanke who race EMX and obviously Coonan's the other one but like it just shows how good those yeah. classes are for talent so you did well mate really good good progression and um just a, just a word on the ADACs um obviously they're a great it's a great series it's a great sort of framework for you guys to develop your careers and then move into the European and World Championships isn't it because it's a, it's a really high level yeah, you know, the ADAC is a championship where still money is in the game because in the European and MXGP, there's 
yeah no money you get from the from the promoters so you only can get money from sponsors or yeah contracts you have but in the other there's still money so a lot of good riders from europe or also all over the world coming in like jet lawrence um and his brother they was racing Adak and Roxon. There was so many people racing Adak already. I think like every every good rider from Europe was racing it, and also riders that that are in America now. Um, yeah, it's it's a big championship, and there are, the levels also quite high in in all the classes we have. Yeah, mate. It's good uh, you got your first podium the other week, so congratulations on that. And yeah. How was that for you? It was it was crazy. I was not expecting that because <laughs> I can talk a lot a lot about crashes now. No. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> um I had in free practice. It's it's a shame, but I was I was crashing first lap in free practice. It's uh it wasn't a it well it was a hard knock it was a hard knock I had a concussion I, I had many blue area areas in my body so I was feeling I was feeling like a bastard over me um so I just went in in bed in the bed for for sleep before I hit the qualifying practice <laughs> so I sleep like thirty minutes in between and I went out on the track and. I qualified fourth in my group, only with zero point four to the first position, and then going into the motors, first motor I finished sixth position, didn't had a great start. Um, second motor had a better start, finishing third, pushing around uh, Starry and Jacoby, and yeah, some other good guys we have. Uh, in the last motor, I was having another great start, and in lap three. I overtook Nagel for the lead. And <laughs> this was a point everyone was was waiting for, you know. Like here in Germany or in Europe, many people know what I what I am able to when I when I'm feeling good enough for it and having enough confidence. Um so yeah, I overtook him. I was leading for quite a long time. Then he passed me again. I was following his lines, doing pressure. He crashed. I was leading again till like two or three laps before uh, before I finish. And my teammate Tom uh, Tom Koch he uh, was behind me, and I was not knowing if he need the points to win the the overall. So I was thinking about, it and I was like, okay, what we do? What we do? <laughs> And I I let him I let him pass me and also in this in this couple of laps I was thinking a lot about you know shit you could win this race yeah. what is happening <laughs> what is happening <laughs> and yeah so I finished second and as I as I go off the track there was like the um. Go waiting with the with the overall standings. I was watching her, and she was like, "Okay, move over <laughs> to the podium, please." Yeah. I was like, "No way, no way! You got on the podium!" I was just screaming, you know, hitting the ref limit or everything. I was <laughs> so happy. I was so happy. Also, like some tears dropped, and yeah. I was feeling, I was feeling a big weight falling off me, like first 450 class podium i have in my career and this this at, at, at a race like this where many many fast guys was uh it was great it was great everyone was like some people doesn't expect it at this race that i can go on the podium but many people came to me after the race and told me like we know that you could do a podium this season but already at the third round, wow, <laughs> wow! At after a crash like this, yeah, because there was coming also a lot of people and telling me like, I didn't thought you were going ahead this weekend. I thought you 
you go home after free practice. <laughs> and I was thinking about I was thinking about going home after free practice because I was so tired. I was feeling like uh, I need to throw up. Everything was turning. Uh, but yeah, maybe it helped. Maybe it helped. <laughs> yeah, mate. Definitely, definitely strong mentally to get through that and then do what you had to do. And did did you have a good celebration with the team as well, mate? Obviously. And and do you get along well with your teammate as well? Obviously, it was pretty cool to you both do so well that weekend because he's a great rider too. Yeah, yeah, sure. We we celebrated good, and our team boss he is uh, Herbert Kozak. He is seventy years old, and like exactly twenty years ago, he picked up Max Nagel for his first MX2 season in his team, wow. and twenty years later, he's picking up Max Bees. His first season in the MXGP class, and also I was training with Max in the winter and a couple of uh, well, like two months ago, the last time. So when I'm over in Lomo, um, I'm always training with him, and yeah, this is quite a good side fact we have. Uh, so yeah, everyone was happy, everyone was happy, like the two MX1 riders staying on the podium. Yeah. It cannot be better. Only only position one and two overall. Yeah. But oh, who's my... who's getting first? Who's getting first? We have to decide later. You know? <laughs> like after that third position, I get also in my mind, okay, the win, overall win. Yeah. <laughs> and I was looking forward to maybe win a moto at some other track later in the season, but it, it's looking like I can do it also on, on different tracks. <laughs> uh, it, was, yeah, it was a great weekend, mate, and it's so so good for you and the team. And I was going to ask, how, how much time do you spend in Lommel and how much time do you spend back home? Do you sort of do 50-50 or what's sort of your program like? Um, the thing is, uh, my team, they doesn't have a workshop like I was used to have in the past years with other teams. So... Every every rider is um, doing their own own training, and my training is like I have a riding trainer back here, Christian Brockel. He is a three-time German MX1 champion, and also was nominated for MX of Nations German team in the last season he raced back in 2017. And he's just living like 20 minutes away from me, and we have a lot of tracks also over here that are not. You know, they're not worse than they have over in Belgium or Netherlands. But the only thing is we doesn't have here are the the other teams with the other riders. Yeah. So I didn't have someone who can who can push me in training. And Christian, he can he can only ride like three laps fast, but not going my speed anymore. <laughs> yeah. And then I then I have a physical trainer, uh, Jürgen Kunze. He was. Supermoto, KTM factory rider, Squana factory rider, Red Bull athlete, winning uh, X Games gold. Um, he, he's quite a legend in the Supermoto game. And I know it because my dad and him are, yeah, very, very good friends because uh, back in time they raced together. And so I have, I have everything here I need. I have... Because when I was privateer, we built a, a team around me. And there's people I still have here. You know, my doctor, my trainers, everything is here. But when I want to step up my game, I need to go training in Lomo. Yeah. Because everyone is there. And when I'm there, I'm training with, with Max Nagel. Yeah. So it's not it's not a lot anymore. Because in the season, we doesn't have so much time to, to travel to Lomo. Yeah. I know I could I could fly, but uh, it's expensive. <laughs> it's expensive yeah. to go fly from race to race to Lomo. And when I got everything here, uh, but in the winter and when I have some weeks weekends off, I I will go to Lomo again and train with Max because yeah, this is a time where I can I can push my speed and. Also, getting in some confidence uh, for my mind. Like the last time I was there, I was meeting Prado Nagel, 
and Nago, I, Nago, yeah, Nago is there, but Hellings, Hellings, and all those guys, um, I was meeting, and I wasn't, I wasn't slower. I can yeah. say I, I wasn't slower. We was doing motos and um always like there was somewhere else on the track, but there was always like one or two seconds maximum that was faster than me. So I know many people say, yeah, they're not riding hundred percent in training, but I'm also not riding hundred percent in training. <laughs> I'm like ninety-five, ninety percent in training, so no crashes, please. And yeah, you know, just just riding clean and having good flow. So this shows that that there is potential in me, and I can I can do I can do more I can do more in the world championship also. But it's not easy. It's not easy. Yeah. Everyone know, and we need we need to get from race to race and learn. Yeah, it's cool. Must be so good having Nagel as well because he's so experienced and he's so fast. Still, like in the racing, he's just a weapon, isn't he? Still, obviously, you know, you think back around, you know, ten years ago, he's challenging for you know world titles, and he's just such a great rider. And to learn so much from him, you know, because he's probably obviously very happy to help you too. That's pretty cool for you, mate. And you actually prefer the sand or the hard pack because obviously you're you're very competent on both. Yeah, in the past, I was, I was more like a sand rider. But now, because I was living in Italy um, for for the complete winter or like six months long, I was only riding hard pack. And now I can also ride hard pack. Maybe uh, it depends on the track sometimes. Like maybe I'm fast on hard pack. On some tracks, I'm, I'm very good. Or uh, there are also some sand tracks that fits to me much, much better than like Rio Lazaro. Rio Lazaro is a deep sand track, but I'm more the guy that that likes sand with hard bumps, you know? Yeah. It's like like Falkenswald, like Falkenswald. These are like like typical typical uh, Netherland track. This is this is what I like. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's tough yeah, every all the track. I, I can ride everything. Maybe tracks like Trentino is not is not fitting so well because they're mixed. They're not hot. They're not sand. Yeah. And they are just slippery. But everyone, everyone is struggling there with the stones. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it was funny surface, that one, like concrete. And then, yeah, the sandy bits they have yeah. to bring in the soil. And yeah, no, it's, it's still a good experience, mate, for you learning and feeling comfortable on these surfaces because, yeah, the traction must be very difficult and must be so hard to find the, the balance between fast and especially, smooth and in control, yeah. Especially on the 450. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, mate. And um, sort of the aims for the... With the future, obviously, you want to be a factory rider at some point or are you you're happy with the program you're on at the moment, obviously? And are you guys going to do the Asian rounds of MXGP coming up? Um, My team is not doing overseas. Uh, this is... I would like to do it, yeah, but you know, the financial thing is yeah. it's not easy in these times and I would like to do it, but it's not possible this year, maybe next year and being factory rider in the future, yeah, <laughs> it's it's everyone's dream, I think, and this is uh, something I'm looking forward to, but we will see how I can develop my writing and everything I do in the MXGP class, but maybe someday in the future I will be. And uh, also my dream is still to get, to get world champion. And I know many people say this and they are not going to be, but you know, when I tell me something, I really, really want to do it. Um, also, if it's not looking like this now, like sometimes, I I getting I I'm getting left when I have a bad race, I'm getting left, and this is not easy to tell somebody. Yeah, I want to get world champion someday, but I'm working very hard and I'm still young. So there's a lot of things uh, I can change, and some some things will change fast. Like like you saw last weekend. 
I, I'm getting truffle roll, so getting getting closer. <laughs> no, mate, it's all it's all sort of learning, and it's all like it's good you have that um, approach and the motivation, and obviously you're so dedicated to to training and getting better because it's good for someone. And you're so young, you could theoretically race for another fifteen or twenty years. Yeah. So, and are you, are you one of those riders that studies back the races and analyzes other riders just to see where you can make any any marginal gains? Because it's all about the everything isn't it everything's so important the little details isn't it yeah it is i mean my dad my dad is very passionate about doing this stuff like analyzing all the other writers what they do what i don't do and you know everyone is different like there is some people who who have the talent and they are going fast but there are also some people that need to work to to get that speed yeah but I'm a guy, I have talent. <laughs> maybe not as much like some other people have, like maybe Jet or uh, or Prado, someone like this. But I'm working also very hard. And there are also people that are getting getting able to, to get world champion a little bit later in the career. Uh, so... This is the plan, you know. This yeah. is the plan. And, and being, yeah, and being a bigger rider, do you look up, look at riders' styles that are your similar height and size, like Guadagnini or Jasaconis or someone? Do you do you take anything from those yeah. guys, or you just whoever's the best you're watching, or just everyone's got their own style and it's cool to watch them all, isn't it? I mean, everyone, yeah, everyone got their own style a little bit. Um, I'm not, I'm not riding hundred percent like Jasaconis, but. I was looking a lot up to him when I was younger, also also still now. But his riding style is very, very, very good. I mean, always feet on the packs, looking so, so smooth. And Mattia, Mattia is a little bit smaller than me, but still he's a big guy. And yeah, I'm also I'm also looking to him to, to learn something. Uh, but the thing I'm doing is looking a lot of old motocross videos uh like from Charles Pastrana he was also a big guy and I was always a huge fan of him so this is what I'm doing as well <laughs> yeah that's cool and obviously being German did you grow up just loving Ken Roxon as well because he's such a big star isn't he such sure. a great rider yeah yeah Kenny is such a great rider and yeah, probably uh, one of my biggest heroes I have. Um, I met him, I think, the last time, like, six, 10 years ago at the Nations in, in Germany. And yeah. I think I think if I will see Kenny now, I would, like, yeah, being a little bit shy, like, saying yeah. hello, like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, you know, the time is flying and I remember that was like my first year riding riding races in motocross. Um Kenny was having an event before he go over to uh, the United States here ten minutes away at the World Championship World Championship track and yeah, I was not getting up a hill with the fifty CC and I was just staying there beside my bike and needed help and Kenny comes throws bike oh. in the bushes and <laughs> and help me to get up the hill oh that's awesome <laughs> uh, this is something I, I I remember all day long and you know someday I will I will see him for sure someday again but uh in a different position <laughs> yeah no, it's cool to see what he's what he's done with his career and there's still some great things ahead for him obviously he did really well in supercross and then world supercross he'll be the favorite for that but for you personally obviously uh, motocross the nations would be a would be an aim and a goal um obviously there's some really nice talent coming through in germany like yourself and obviously simon nickel Werner. like there's some really good young talents coming through and obviously you know jacoby and cock those guys are still really good too so you, is that definitely something you're looking forward to in France? Erna should be a cracking environment, and the fans will be going off, mate. So should be cool. Yeah, this is this is one of my goals. Um, I was a little bit thinking about it, like when I move up to MXGP, 
I don't know if I'm able to uh, get the the spot in the in the nation's team, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to talk too much about this. <laughs> <laughs> just, just wait it's, to see how the season goes. We will see. We will see. Uh, I cannot tell you so much about this, but yeah. we will see uh, um, how they decide this yeah. season. And but and just back to the the German um the junior development's obviously really good um just yeah. is, is that cool to see from you mate the future's definitely bright um with all these young talents and obviously the Adax yeah. great for developing them yeah we have we have good young riders and uh, they are not much younger than me like Werner is just two years younger than me and uh, Ricardo he is same age I think. Same age or like a half year younger, but still, yeah. With me, we have a good we have a good uh, German uh, championship, like the national thing, and we have the international German championship, the ADAC. It's a good base, you know. Many many young talents are uh, still there, and the world doesn't know it, know them. But someday, I hope, I hope uh, there will be another great German rider in the World Championship. Also, when I'm a little bit older, that we still have um, the newcomers there and the sport is still growing. Um, you know, it's not getting getting easier over here uh, with the with the electric stuff and yeah, we yeah. will see how the sport improves. We will see how the sport improves and uh, what the future brings but I hope that Germany will be winning the motocross of nations someday again. It's eleven years ago now, yeah. and that will be that will be something for the history books. <laughs> oh, absolutely, mate! And it's gonna it's really exciting for just fans of the sport in general to have you know you and Simon Lagenfelder, for example. Um, they're both gonna be at MXGP in 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 two couple of years. Obviously, for him a little bit longer, he'll probably go for that MX two world title, but. Yeah, you're already there, mate. Yeah. So by the time he gets there, you guys should be hopefully right up there. And are you are you sort of good mates with him? And you catch up with him on the weekend as well? Because I've spoken to him a couple of times, and he's a great young kid, pretty pretty easy going, really, but really focused on what he wants to do, like yourself. Yeah, Simon, Simon and me was uh, good friends in the like around 2018. We was going in bike parks, riding our bicycles together, and stuff like this. And yeah. Uh, he turned a little bit earlier pro than me. So when I was still privateer, he was having pro teams and doing the step a little bit earlier. Also, we are we are same age. Yes, just uh, four weeks between our birthdays. And uh, yeah, he was stepping. He was doing bigger steps than me. And back in 2018, we were still on the same level, on the same level, and I was maybe. A little bit better than him, but the year later I moved up to 250 class, it was one to five class, and in 2020 he moved up to MX2 class. He was doing third in his second MX2 race, it was <laughs> impressive. Um, but still, this year I was like, ah, you know, he's got better than me, and <sighs> I also need to, <laughs> you know, there's always a yeah, you want to improve yourself. And so he was getting better. And I also got better. But he earned the factory contract, factory contract a little bit yeah, earlier than I have. And yeah, he's a great rider. He's a great rider. He did such a good improvement on his on his riding style. It's wow, so clean. And I think, yeah. It's sad that he's injured now yeah. because I was thinking like maybe he yeah. could do what champion this year. Um, that's sad, but yeah, we are still we are still friends and uh, yeah, we will see someday someday we will race again against each other and the four fifty class I think and yeah, then the fight is on again. Who is better? But yeah, but still. Um, I'd rather have big respect in front of him what he's doing and yeah someday uh he's getting world champion for sure 
Yeah, it'd be awesome to see, mate. And um, just just a couple more because we've already um done an hour. It's flown by. Um, just wanted to uh get your take on how you became so good at uh, doing the whips, mate. Because obviously Jeremy from MX Vice put that video of you doing an absolute monster <laughs> monster whip, and it got so many views. And you know we all all the fans were loving it, mate. So um, where where did that come from? <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I have I have a dirt jump yard for you know the bicycles in my backyard and I always was doing this a lot so I got also uh, the whips on the dirt bike and I was doing a, I was doing good whips for many years already but there was only like sometimes I was lucky to get a picture of it or <laughs> maybe a video maybe a video but it was never a good video it was just like a WhatsApp video yeah. And yeah, I think like last year was the first time, what, 2021 was the first time where we had a good video of it. And <laughs> yeah, I, I still improve my whips, but <laughs> on the big bike, on the big bike, I can throw some, some bangers. And I think on the two stroke, on a two stroke as well. Then we have the the great sound for this also. That's <laughs> nah, cool, mate. And I was going to ask you, what's the um, what's the significance or the meaning of the number seventy one? I, I I need to have the seventy one in the world championship because yeah. normally I, I have the seven. And yeah. the thing is, you know, spice when you translate it to German or also in English, you can say it like it's an English name or it's a German name, yeah. but. I prefer the English way because then we can take it like James Bond. Yeah. 007. <laughs> and I'm Max Spice, you know, the spy yeah. 007. And that's, that's one of the reasons why, why I, why I have the number seven on the plate. Um, and in the world championship, the rules are that you need to get top 10 in the, in the championship. Yeah. That you can have a, a number like seven. So that's the goal. That's the goal. Yeah. Getting top ten. <laughs> yeah, oh, <mate. laughs> to get my to get to get my number. <laughs> yeah, mate, it's it's looking good. Hopefully, yeah, you'll get there very soon because uh, yeah, the, the career is going in a in a good curve at the moment. And just uh, before yeah. before we sort of let you go, um, yeah, just how excited are for you the weekend again? And who do you think is going to win the um MXGP and, and MX two classes in Germany? Who have you got this weekend? Uh, I think MX2 class gonna be a fight between Benestant and uh, the Wolf. Yep. Um, and MX2 class, I wouldn't say like Hurlings. He can he can do a race where he wins with thirty second gap, but as we saw it last year, mm. Prado is also very strong. In, on this track so it will be a big fight I think between Prado and Hurlings um, and for me yeah. it will be such an exciting weekend like seeing everyone uh, all the fans coming over um, probably I will sign so many <laughs> yeah. uh, autograph cards like never before it gets more and more every year I mean last year was already crazy and at the ADAC it's also crazy but at the world championship we don't need to talk about this yeah <laughs> i have my i have my own merch this year yeah. at the race um it's gonna be it's gonna be a great weekend for sure and uh yeah it's it's actually uh uh ama pro motocross race this this weekend yeah yeah, yeah. thunder valley oh thunder valley ah uh, i think jet is gonna win yeah, yeah. Jet is gonna win. Jet and Hunter, He's looking mate. so confident. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking so good on the 450. Oh, yeah. He makes it look easy, doesn't he? It's crazy. Yeah, but we will see. Someday I also want to go over there. <laughs> oh yeah, you're good on the supercross skills too. Yeah, yeah. I like the whoops. <laughs> oh, awesome. yeah, I'm a tall well, guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm oh, tall guy cool. and and I have a little bit of uh, yeah, uh, BMX background, yeah. Yeah. so yeah. that's something cool. something good. 
something. Yeah. Good. Well, have you got a time frame on that, mate? When you're looking to maybe explore that option? Well, if it's possible already, already this year, no, not this year. Uh, this year I got to do MXGP, but if it's possible and I have the chance, I or I would do it next year already. Like you see, oh, yeah. Gillen Fares, Gillen Fares, he. Uh, was fighting with me last year yeah. for the championship in the in the Arak, and we was having great great races. Like he went, I went, he went, I went, he went, I went, yeah. and yeah. At the same, at the like one weekend later, he go to Pats Creek. He finished sixth. Yeah. yeah. The weekend, the weekend after, I was winning the moto. I was winning moto. I crashed. Uh, <laughs> I was having a bad start. Yeah, they crash. <laughs> I was going to say maybe yeah. when you maybe when like the MXGP goes to those flyaway rounds, you should go to America and do the four fifties, mate. You probably pick up a top ten, easy. <laughs> yeah, when I when I see Lacrosio and and Putron, uh, some people I used to know here in Europe, and they are doing top ten over there. Um, yes, I would like to do it, but I didn't have connections, so if yeah. any. If someone hears this, <laughs> if someone hears this uh, over the US, uh, I'm next, please. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm well, next, mate, please. It'd be pretty awesome to see you there. Um, obviously, we saw Lupino. I spoke to him. He's recently done some AMA. And yeah, the European yeah. guys have been shown that they can they can hold their own. Yeah, and, yeah hopefully, it's, if anyone is listening, mate, deal for Supercross yeah. and deal for Motocross for you is on the card <laughs> Yeah, I think the first thing I would do is motocross, yeah. and then doing a supercross season. But yeah, it's really, really, really big dream for me to live that American life. You know, yeah. like watching all those old motocross free ride, freestyle videos. Um, I think it's you can have a great time over there. <laughs> oh, absolutely, mate. It's like a lifestyle of motocross, especially in, you know, places like California, Florida, where it's really, really massive. So, oh, that's a good thing yeah. to look forward to, mate. Yeah, it's a good vibe. It's a good yeah. vibe. Absolutely. And just before I let you go, um, would you like to give you the chance to thank anyone um, that's, you know, helping you now, helped you along the way? And yeah, just where, where everyone can follow you on, on the Instagram. Um, first of all, Thank you for uh, letting me have this interview. Nah, pleasure, mate. And uh, second, yeah, I thank my I thank my family, like my my parents. They was doing a great job, like giving their last shirt. I can say for uh, that I can race um, EMX or World Championship. Then, uh, yeah, my trainer Christian Jürgen. Um, all the sponsors I had on my way, um, like Shubi, jetzt rede ich mal auf Deutsch, danke Shubi. <laughs> Shubi is one of my, yeah, quite main sponsors I have. Um, yeah, my currently team, Cosa KDM for letting me race my, or do, doing, do it possible, you know, letting me race uh, MXGP class and yeah, think we will have a great time this year and we will see where where the train goes yeah absolutely mate and thanks thanks again for joining us mate we really appreciate it and but before i let you go I'll just thank the sponsors again in fly racing monster energy fox parts europe scott bell helmets acherbys asu performance kawasaki uk ktm uk and i obviously even strokes for all their supporters without them there is no us and yeah, mate, all the best for the weekend. We look forward to seeing you on your home GP and that, um, that lit kit. We'll make sure that gets in the uh, lit kit gallery for sure. And Thanks very much, mate. I appreciate it.